We're going to be in the book of Colossians, chapter number 1. Colossians, chapter number 1. We're going to look at verse, verse 3 through 5 here in just a moment. The book of Colossians, chapter number 1, verses 3 through 5. This is our post-Bible school crowd. Amen? <laughs> Even the choir's acting up. Can't hold on to the plate. There's never any money in the choir plate. You ever notice that? <laughs> I remember when I was a little boy, I took up the choir, uh, offering in the choir, and they're, they're broke from way back. They don't have any money. <laughs> uh, but we need them, amen, we need them. Some of us look like we've missed the rapture. We're just, uh, went through the great tribulation <laughs> and uh, missed the rapture. But we made it, amen, <laughs> we, we made it. Are you tired? Amen. Tired? Amen. I'd rather be tired for Jesus, though, wouldn't you? I'd rather look like, I'd rather be tired because I come out of Bible school week than I I come off the lake on Sunday night and be miserable. You know, dealing with the boat and the sun. I'd rather be tired for Jesus, wouldn't you? I'd rather be tired for Jesus' sake. Lord's blessed us. He certainly has. He gave us a good week of Bible school. We had a lot of great class time. Uh, had a couple nights in my class, the Lord really broke through. The Lord really helped us and uh, made me realize, oh, this is, this, is, this is what we're doing. This is what we're supposed to do. This is what we need to do. Amen. It was encouragement too, uh, you know, about midweek, Thursday, Wednesday, you're, it's, just, it's a grind, you know, any adults know that. And I was talking to my daughters and I asked them, uh, Y'all ready to go to Bible school? And they're like, yes, yes. <laughs> and I, I did think, I thought, I wish I had what they had. You know, I certainly do. They have the energy, and uh, it's good to serve them. The least of these, these little ones that believe in him, it was a blessing. Amen? Amen. Some people say, we should do it every week. <laughs> <laughs> what about that, Debbie? Can you do it another <laughs> Every week of the year. <laughs> We thank everybody that played a part in it. Thank, thank you, Debbie, on behalf of the church, all the work that was done, all the preparation that was done, all the food preparation that was done, all the, uh, all the teachers, everybody that had a part in it. Praise the Lord. Amen. You shall in no wise lose your reward. Amen. We did it for Jesus. Amen. Did it for Jesus. Amen. Colossians chapter 1, verse... Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 3. If you're there, say amen. 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 Verse number three, Paul the Apostle says, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints. Notice verse five. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. Notice the footnote, and Paul's always being doctrinal. There's a disclaimer at the end of verse 5. The hope of heaven is because of the word of truth of the gospel. So he's, he's, again, it's not, Christianity is not inclusive. You're only, you only get to go to glory through faith in Jesus Christ. So Paul is making that absolutely clear. He says, the hope which is laid up for you in heaven is because 
of the word of the truth of the gospel. So thank God for the gospel of Jesus Christ that through his shed blood, through faith in his name, we have everlasting life and a hope that is laid up for us in heaven. Amen? Now Paul, in verse 3, he says, we give thanks to God. And think, well, what is he giving thanks to God for? And you would think, well, I'm thanks, thankful to God that you're, that you're not going to hell. But that's, 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 a, uh, that's what happens when one receives the Lord. That is actually a footnote. That is a byproduct of, of, a, of a relationship with God. Anyone who knows God through Jesus Christ knows Him eternally, and they will not go to hell. The result of knowing God through Jesus Christ is the absence of going to hell. So Paul says, we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which you have to all the saints for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. John Phillips, a great commentator, said about these three verses, he said that faith is what brought salvation, that love is the character of salvation, but hope in heaven is the consummation of salvation. Paul's thankfulness here in these passages is rooted in the fact that their hope is laid up for them in heaven. Paul is giving thanks of the hope that they have in heaven. His thankfulness is rooted in that fact. He's glad for them. That's what he's saying. I'm thankful for you. It's good for you that your hope is in heaven. So Paul understands that the hope of heaven has the ability to change the way a person lives. Hope in heaven has life-changing power. So Paul is glad, so Paul is saying, I'm glad you got saved. I'm glad that being saved changes your character. The character of salvation is love. The first fruit of the Spirit is love. A person who says they know Jesus but doesn't love is a person that doesn't bear fruit that they know Jesus. Again, I'll say it again, that knowing Jesus Christ is not without consequence. Anyone being Christ, he is a what? A new creature. So knowing Jesus is not without consequence. Knowing Jesus will be what? It'll be noticeable. People should know that you know him. They should take notice that you have been with Jesus. It should be obvious. Again, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwelleth also in your mortal bodies, Romans 8. And it'll quicken you. It'll change you. It'll, it'll, as Bryson said, it'll take us off the path of sin. It'll change our desires, won't it? It'll, it'll make us what we need to be and save, save us from what we shouldn't be. It is as Jesus said in John chapter number 3, amen. Don't you love the gospel of Jesus Christ? I just love it. I love it. Jesus, no wonder, says in John 3, you must be born again. I mean, not from below Nicodemus. No, you need to be born from above. That which of the flesh is flesh. I'm not talking about that, Nicodemus. But that which of the Spirit is spirit. And so we see that Paul is thankful in our passage. He's glad that they have faith. He's glad that this this faith in Christ Jesus 
and the love which you have to all the saints. So faith in Jesus saved sinners. And the first evidence of that, how do we know we pass from death into life? John says, we love the brethren in the book of 1 John. Paul is, I'm glad you've got saved. And I can tell you've got saved because you love the people you used to hate. You love the things you used to hate. And you don't love the world that you used to love. Paul is saying something happened to you. What is that happened to you? It is faith in Christ Jesus. Amen? I'm glad when somebody truly believes in Jesus Christ as their Savior, something happens to them. Amen? And if you trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior today, I have all the confidence in the world, not in you. I don't have any confidence in you. The Bible says, in your flesh is no good thing at all. Romans chapter 3 says, you are, aren't good, you've never sought to be good, and there is none that doeth good. I don't have a lick of confidence in you. I don't have any confidence in what you can do. I don't have any confidence in what I can do. Because I know, according to John 15, that without Him, I can do nothing. I don't have any confidence in what I can do. But I have the utmost confidence in what Jesus can do. And what Jesus can do, He can change everything. Amen? We learned the past week in Bible school, He's the what? He's the game changer. And if you're living outside of Jesus Christ, you're playing the wrong game. You're going to lose that game. Amen? But I'm glad that Jesus, He changes lives and He saves sinners. And Paul lastly says, I'm thankful for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Amen? Now I'm thankful that I know Jesus Christ through faith. And I'm thankful, and anybody who knows Him by faith and can't say this, you probably don't know Him. I'm thankful that Jesus changes lives. Amen? But I'm also thankful, aren't you, that I got a hope laid up for me in heaven. I'm thankful, aren't you, as a saint, that the great evidence that He lives in me, according to Ephesians, don't you love the Bible? I mean, it corners us, don't it? It hedges us, it teaches us, it shows us, it sanctifies us, it directs us, it leads us, it guides us, it keeps us, it, it, it births us. We're begotten by the Word, Peter said. I'm glad that even in this life, according to the book of Ephesians, don't you as a believer, you have the earnest of expectation. You've got a little bit of earnest of His Spirit. Just enough to change your life. Just enough to, to sober the sinner. Just enough to change the direction. Just enough, and let me say that, just enough, it runs over from time to time, don't it? Just enough of His, and earnest of it. It's like earnest money. God is saying, I intend to finish the job. So when you got saved, He gave you the earnest of His Spirit, and Jesus indwelt you by the Holy Spirit. The Comforter came. Now nobody has to teach you. You know things you never would have known. And even if you don't even memorize the verse, when a preacher preaches the verse, your heart leaps and you say, Amen. I know that. I might not know it word for word, but I know that, right? The earnest of expectation. And that earnest of the Spirit. I'm thankful for that. But I'll tell you what, I'm glad it also bears witness of the hope that is laid up for me in heaven. Amen? Are you a Christian this morning? 
If you are, amen, are you one? If you are, this is not the end of the line, amen? There's a hope for you laid up in heaven. I'm glad I got heaven to look forward to, don't you? I say this often, this world, Sherry, they don't know who they are. You've heard me say this. They don't know what they are. They don't know where they came from, and they don't know where they're going. I'm glad because of Jesus a Christian can say, I know who I am. I know where I came from. I know what I am. I'm a child of the living God. That's my identity. In Christ Jesus is my identity. I met a man the other day and we were talking about the gospel. He later found out and I don't even really, this is just what I do. I told him, I didn't tell him I was a preacher. No, I told him I was a Christian. My identity is Christ. My hope is in Jesus. There'll be preachers in hell, you know that. I'm not trusting in anything except the shed blood and finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the anchor. The Hebrew writer of Hebrews says he is the anchor within the veil. He is the head up there, the head of the church. My anchor is in safe harbor, and I am connected by a chain of eternal grace. And I, where he is, I know I'll be with him, because John 14, he's going to prepare a place for me, and where I am, there you may be also. And I doth not yet appear what I shall be, nor you as a Christian, but I do know when he doth appear, we shall be like him. Amen? And my anchor is up there in glory. And I might be tossed about in all kinds of storms. I might be pulled sometimes, it seems, out of the safety of the harbor. But my anchor, who I'm attached to, is in the veil up there in glory. And he's pulling us home, amen? A hope which is laid up for you in heaven. The hope of heaven changes a Christian's behavior. No wonder Paul is thankful for it. I want you to turn, if you will, to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter number 2. And, and maybe even jot down some things or highlight a word or circle a word what Peter has to say. The hope of heaven changes the Christian's behavior. It changes everything about us. And I want to encourage you for the rest of this sermon, I want to try to build, I want to try to build an argument. I want to contend for the faith. I want to, if God would help me, if His Spirit would help us, that we would leave here as Christian people this morning with heaven on our mind. That we'd leave here with, the greater, with, with, with a greater assurance and understanding of what He has laid up for us in heaven and the effects it has in our life. 1 Peter chapter number 3. The hope of heaven changes the Christian's behavior. Excuse me, chapter 2. I heard you correcting yourself. I was wrong. 1 Peter chapter 2. Look at verse number 10. Peter says, which in time past were not a people. He's saying in verse 10 of chapter number 2 of 1 Peter. Peter's saying, something happened to you. You were not a people, but now, but are now the people of God in verse number 10. He says, which had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. He said, dearly beloved. So he's saying in verse 10, since you've been saved... We could, we could have added verse 9 and we could have said, Peter's saying, since you're a chosen generation, since you're a royal priesthood, since you're a holy nation now, you've been saved, you're a part of the church, 
since you're a peculiar people, Paul says, excuse me, Peter says in verse number 11, he says, dearly beloved, I beseech you. He says, I beg you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Peter is saying, since you're different, since something happened to you as a Christian, he says, I want you, in verse number 11, to be strangers and pilgrims in this land, to not be like the world, to not act like the world, to be strangers, to be pilgrims, sojourners, not settled down here below. Why? Because of the hope that is laid up for us in heaven. So Peter says, since you are a different people, don't get too cozy with the way the world acts. Stop trying to make this world your home. Stop stop trying to be accepted. Stop trying to fit in. I think about this passage in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11, where the Bible speaks about the heroes of faith. And the Bible says in verse number 9, By faith, speaking of Abraham, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country. In Hebrews 11.10, the Bible says that Abraham, he looked for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. Now since you're going to heaven, you ought to act like you're going to heaven. Amen? Uh, Philippians chapter number 3, verse number 20. Paul says, for our conversation is in heaven. What does that mean? It means our citizenship is in heaven. It means that you're not from here, you're from above. It means you've been born from above. It means this land is not your home. This is not your resting place. Amen, I'm glad of that, aren't you? This is not, praise God, this is not the end of the story. Christians, we're supposed to be pilgrims. We're just passing through, amen? We're just on our way out, amen? This is not our home. We're supposed to be strangers. We're supposed to be like foreigners in a strange land. Christian people should say this about this world. I'm living in a strange land, shouldn't we? This is not my home. I don't fit in around here anymore. Why don't you fit in around here anymore? Because Jesus, that's why. And Jesus said, if the world hates you, don't be shocked. They hated me too. If this world's against you, don't be surprised. This world, it's, it's against me too. If they called the prince of this world, if they called the prince of life Beelzebub and a drunkard and a wine-bibber, then what in the world are they going to say about you? Remember, I say this, I quote it often, I think it's Galatians chapter number 1, it might be verse 10 or verse number 4, that Jesus didn't so much come to save the world, He came to save you out of the world. He came to change you. He came to make you a stranger and a pilgrim. Now, why, what does heaven got to do with that? Because heaven is my home. I'm a citizen of that land. I speak their language. I behave like heaven. That should be the, that should, why? Because you've been born of above. I know not perfectly yet. One of the heavens of heavens, I think for me, will be this. I'll never sin again. I'll never come short of His glory again. I'd waller in the mud if I could just never again disappoint my Savior. 
If I can never again experience the guilt and the shame like Peter did, that I've denied my world, my Lord, in a drunken, adulterous generation, why that would be heaven for me. Amen? I remember me and Brittany for our honeymoon almost 17 years ago. You're getting old, Brittany. Amen. <laughs> almost 17 years ago, I got this crazy idea. I went to J.A. Travel. You know, young men in the early 20s have no judgment, hardly at all. Make terrible mistakes. <laughs> 12-year-old little girls are more mature than a 20-year-old man. But I, we went to, I went to J.A. Travel. She said, hey, uh, you can go to Punta Cana. It's cheaper. I thought, let's do that because it's cheaper. And Punta Cana is another country. It's in the Dominican Republic. They don't speak our language. They don't drive the way we drive. Some, some people from West Knoxville might drive that way, but most of us. <laughs> if that's you, just say, oh me, woe is me. We, we got out of, the air, out of the airplane in Punta Cana. They rolled a ladder up to the airplane. It was a ladder. We walked down a ladder. They didn't have like the big, what's it called, a concourse. We walked with our luggage to inside this little building, and there was a man there, and it had... Mine and Brittany's name on it. You remember that, Brittany? And the resort we was going to stay in. And we were the only ones waiting on him. And I told Brittany he could barely speak English. There ain't nothing wrong with that. We're from two different countries. You know that? And again, Christianity is not from Europe. And it's not a white man's religion. It's not a brown man's religion. It's not a black man's religion. It's not an Asian man's religion. Christianity is for the world. Amen? For the world. So there we was from two different nationalities. And I told Brittany, I don't know where he's taking us. Had no clue. Had no clue. I couldn't hardly ask him. Think about that old hymn, living by faith. <laughs> Just living by faith. And we hop in that van and I'm, he must have a quota. The more he hauls, the more money he gets. And I mean he hauled all the way. You remember that, Brittany? I mean head on, about running over bicycles on the side of the road and we get, I don't know where he's taking me and my young, beautiful wife. And I thought, we're going to be on 2020. There's going to be a Dateline episode about this. That's what I thought. I really did think that. Didn't spe- I felt I was a stranger in a strange land. You know, that's how God's people are to be in this world. You know, I don't know where they're going to take me. I don't know what they're going to tell me. I don't know what is going on. I don't speak their language. I don't know what they're up to. I don't know which direction they're going. I don't know the end. I do, but I don't. You see, I'm a pilgrim and a stranger in a strange land. The hope that is laid up for you in heaven. Heaven changes behavior if you're going there. Amen? Amen. Last thing and we're through. Not only does heaven change a Christian's behavior, but hope in heaven. Remember our text says, the hope that is laid up for us in heaven. The hope of heaven that's laid up for us in heaven, it changes the way we handle hardship. So Paul's like, I'm glad. I'm glad you got a hope in heaven because you're no longer a citizen of this land. I'm not going to drink that. I'm not going to watch that. Preacher, you're going to go over there like, no, I'm, I'm a stranger. I'm a pilgrim. 
This world is not my home. You see it? But secondly, Paul is thankful. He's thankful for the hope in heaven because now, no matter what they face in their earthly lives as Christians, no matter what hardship they endure, they can have hope that this is not their eternal home. They begin to develop the sense that no matter what I face, no matter what I go through, I'm going to make it because I'm not supposed to make it here. I'm going to make it over there because my hope is not in this life. As a Christian, my hope, your hope, is not in this life. Can I say it again? Your hope is not in this world. It's not. You're not going to live forever. You're not always going to get better. You're not always going to get out of trouble. You're not always going to escape pain. This, why? This world is not your home. It's not your home. Your hope is in heaven. Romans chapter 8, we're, we're about through. Some of you are like, we're tired, Brother Josh. I know it, but I'm one of them preachers. I want to preach till Jesus tells me to quit. Amen? Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter 8, look at verse number 24. The hope of heaven changes the way that we handle hardship. Romans 8, 24. For we are saved by hope. Now some would think, I thought we're saved by grace through faith. Absolutely. Amen. We're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. But the word saved in 8.24 of Romans, it's the idea of deliverance. It's like being saved from hardship, being saved from tribulation, being saved from difficulties. So Paul, when he says, we are saved by hope, it's, in, it's the idea that no matter what I face in this moment, I am delivered from this because of the hope of tomorrow. That no matter how bad it is, this is going to stop. It's, it's, the thought, it's, it's the thought that our hardships are only limited by time. That the hardship will end. And the difference of the Christian is, and the lost person, is their hardship will never end. It'll go on for eternity and forever and ever. But the Christians are saved by hope. We are sustained by trials. Only the hope of the future can deliver us from our hardships as Christians. Why? We've completely denied the world. We don't have the world's fun. We don't play the world's games. We live a life that sometimes is more difficult than lost people. If all we had in this life was Christ Jesus, we'd be of all people most miserable. But we have the hope of tomorrow, a hope of a better day, a hope of a bright tomorrow. Amen? Can I quote it again? Not now, but in the coming days, we'll be in a better land. Amen? This is not our home. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Paul the Apostle says this in verse number 16. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Can I tell you one more time about my papa? 
on dialysis the day that he died, had ports hanging out of his chest, lost probably over 100 pounds. He was frail. He was tired. He was dying. He looked like a skeleton. He was handsome, but he was so skinny, wasn't he? And the day that he died, they sung, they sung uh, the old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And my papa, with kidneys, were dying. His body was dying, and he was an hour and a half from physically dying. While they were singing that song, my papa, Paul, who was dying, who was dying, raised his hands in worship and praised the living God. Though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day after day after day after day. Amen? And so, for where the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Verse 17 of chapter 4, 2 Corinthians, for our light affliction which is but for a moment. Maybe underline the word moment. Circle the word moment. Our affliction is just but a moment. Amen. I don't know what you're facing in your Christian life, but listen to me. It is just for a moment. It's a light affliction compared to the eternity of the hope that is laid up for you in glory. Amen. You know why you can make it? Because you're going to make it. And you will reach the other side. Amen? You will see the shores of that bright land. You will hear the angels sing. You will be there on that crowning day. You will stand hand in hand with all the saints that went before you. I'm going to raise my hand next to my papa and I'm going, to st- I'm going to stand there in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm going to sing the praises of God forevermore. Amen? You know why? Because of the hope that is laid up for me in heaven. Amen? I'm going to get old. I'm going to get frail. I'm going to lose my hair Unless I'm like Wiley, he's kept his. I'm going to lose my strength. I'm going to lose my voice. I'm going to lose maybe my mind. I'm going to lose all my money. I'm going to lose all my possessions. I'm going to lose all of, all of my... All, you too, we're going to get to a point and nobody's going to know our names anymore. We're going to lose all of our celebrity status. There'll be another generation looking on Facebook and you won't be there anymore. We're going to lose everything in this life because this life is temporary. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. It's like the fog over a field. It's like the grass that's here today and the flower as the glory of man. He's here today and He's gone tomorrow, but those who know Jesus Christ as Savior, we're going to live, amen. We're going to live forevermore. We're going to roll on while the ages roll on. Bright shining as the sun. You're going to make it, amen. You're going to make it. Why? Because thankfully, the faith that you have in Jesus Christ And the love that you have towards His people gives you evidence of what? Of the hope that is laid up for you in heaven. And Ruth, you're going to be there. Amen? And Ben will be there. And Jason, you'll be there. And I'm going to say this because I believe they do. But if they know Jesus, amen, they're going to be there. Amen? Amen. There is coming a day 
when no heartache shall come. No more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day, that will be. There'll be no sorrow there, no more burdens to bear, no more sickness, no pain, no more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day. <laughs> Amen? What a day. Glorious day that will be. It'll be wonderful over there. Amen? It was, I think Bashi sings that song. Lately I've had heaven on my mind. Amen. Further along we'll know all about it. Further along we'll understand why. Cheer up, my brothers and sisters. Live in the sunshine. We'll know all about it. All by and by. Amen? The hope that is laid up for you in heaven. We're going to the beach in a couple weeks. My family joked, some of them hard knots in Bible school, me and Brittany would say, yeah, but in two more weeks, <laughs> we'll be at the beach. <laughs> two more weeks, <laughs> we'll be at the beach. I go to work tomorrow morning. It's the week before the beach, I think, whenever I go. I go to work tomorrow morning, and I don't care what that boss does. I don't care what that guy says. Anybody work with anybody that you, you, you don't like? <laughs> Strangers and pilgrims in a strange land. It's a strange land we're living in. Strange. Have you noticed how strange it is? You notice how weird it's gotten? Have you noticed? Strange things are going on. Weird. These are unusual times. These are weird times. I grew up in the 80s and the 90s. Compared to these times... That seems like Mayberry. These are weird, unusual days. I'm glad this world is not my home. I feel like a weirdo in this world, don't you, as a Christian? If you do, then praise the Lord Jesus. You're a citizen of another land. There's a bright tomorrow coming. Hope. Hope. Not I hope so. I know. That's the biblical hope. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. I'm closing as we get a, we get a song prepared. In Sunday school class a few weeks ago, we were, we were speaking about this. And I, just like anybody, I go through hardships, don't you? You ever had a bad day, say amen? <laughs> bad weeks, months, years. Sometimes ministry's hard. It's hard. Sometimes I'd like to talk to Bunny, Debbie. I'd like to talk with him. I'd like to talk with him. When Polly was still here with us, and she's over yonder too. What a day, amen. You got anybody over yonder? 
Can you imagine what it'll be? And they're over there, you know that? Because I went to, if you, I went to a good funeral Wednesday, Thursday. You know why it was good? Because if you permit, we know where Dan is. It's good. Amen. It's good. It's good. And there in the midst of hardship, grief, loss, when I was reminded there, I don't get preached to very much. I enjoyed it. I was reminded there, this world is not my home. I'm heading home. You see the Where are you going? Home, going home. Every step I take brings me closer there. Every sermon I preach is one more sermon. I don't have to. I'm heading home. Isn't that beautiful? Every prayer I pray is one more I don't have to pray. One of these days, praise God, there'll be no more prayer. (laughs) Not like this. We shall see Him face to face, the one who saved us by His grace. Amen. Sometimes it gets hard. It gets hard, don't it, Wiley? It gets hard. It gets awful hard. I've told Brittany sometimes when those weird things are happening, I've told her I'd have never even dreamed. I'd have, you could not have made this up. You could not have imagined this could have ever happened. And it's happening. That's hard, you know. You know why it don't make no sense? That stuff don't make no sense. I don't know why little kids pass away. It don't make sense hardly. It's awful. I don't know why kids are harmed. I don't, it don't make no sense to me. But I know this, heaven will make sense of everything. I think about all the miscarriages that have happened, some in this church. I, have, I believe the Scriptures. I believe the Word of God. And like David said when he lost his little boy, he said, you know what? He can't come down to me. I wouldn't want him to. I'm going to go up there to see him. Some mothers are going to see children they've never met on earth. You know that? Heaven will make sense of it all. Some lives have left early, haven't they? It is unbearably excruciating. And to live after that, in this world, it's so hard. You know why? Because this world is not your home. That's why. Heaven makes sense of all this. Right now, it don't make no sense. But a million years from now, when you're wadded up with your loved ones in glory, when there's no mosquitoes and you're sitting on the, on the golden fields of glory with Jesus, this light affliction, which is just, praise God, for a moment. Did you circle it? See, it don't make sense now. But 10,000 years from now, this, this little life that we've lived will not compare to a far exceeding weight of glory that awaits the saints over there. The hope that's laid up for you in glory. Heaven will make sense of it all. Amen? Praise the Lord. I was, this is a long way around the barn, but I said sometimes it gets hard. You remember that five minutes ago? And when it gets hard, I'm learning. I'm learning, like the song we sing, I'm learning to trust in Jesus. Lay hold on everlasting life. Lay hold on it, Paul said. Why? Because it will get you through. And when everything is falling apart, you have nothing to hold on to. 
You've done all that you could do to stand. Just stand and lay hold on eternal life and just say in your mind and your heart, because heaven makes sense of it all while you're suffering, just say, this is what is happening to me on my way to heaven. This is what's happening on my way to heaven. This is what I'm going through on my way to glory, glory. I was alone driving home that Thursday night after that funeral, and they were speaking about heaven. I picked up some food because I wasn't with my family, and I didn't want to make a melted cheese sandwich for supper, and, and I... And I picked up some food, and I was driving up North Freeway, and I was thinking about it. Heaven. 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 Not by works of righteousness, which you have done, but by His grace. Amen. As we stand to our feet, do you know you're going there this morning? Because if you don't know, then you need to know that you know that you know. That if you died this moment, I had our Bible school children Friday night look around the room. They looked to the left, they looked to the right. And they saw faces, and I told them, children, because we need to be honest with children, I said, there's probably people, this might be the last time that you, we're all together here. This might be the last time. This might be the last time today we're all together. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. We're never expecting the phone call. It just, it interrupts our life. We, this might be the last time. Do you know, do you know that you know that if you should die today, because after this, the judgment, this is your only time. It's appointed a man wants to die, and after this, to judgment. This is when you do it. This is when you believe on Jesus. If you should die today, would heaven be your home? Would it be your eternal home? Or if you should die today, would your sorrows just begin the moment you die, and hell would be your home? I'm glad Jesus is preparing a place for those who believe in Him. If you've not been saved this morning, I want to encourage you to come to Jesus Christ and let Him change you, let your character be love, and the reward of Christ is in His presence forevermore. Amen. Maybe you're dealing with a hardship today and you need more faith to lay hold on everlasting life, then maybe you should come. You come and say, Lord, I think too much about this world. Colossians chapter 3, if we kept on reading, Paul said, set your affections on things which are above. And Maybe you've been struggling with that. No wonder we're depressed and anxious. We think this is our home. This is not your home. And maybe you need the Lord to help you with that. Whatever the need is, you come as we sing together. 345. 345. You obey the Lord this morning.